I'm Gavin Scott, your host. Welcome to the Stay Outstanding podcast, the show that shares wisdom and gifts knowledge, motivates you to be your authentic self, influences you to fulfill your true potential, encourages you to take action, and inspires you to step into your greatness. Welcome back for another episode, uh, dear listeners. Today I've got in the studio Dr. Beverly Lawrence of the Dancing Bear Enlightenment Academy. Wow, wow, wow. Um, Dr. Beverly, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little about the Dancing Bear Enlightenment Academy? Sure. Uh, well, uh I've had a number of businesses over the years, but I was told to always use dancing bear as the prefix. And in 2020, I had to shut down my acupuncture practice and I've been teaching spiritual classes and other classes for decades. And I thought, well, I'll just go online. (laughs) So I bought an app and I started the Dancing Bear Enlightenment Academy and I started putting my workshops into live programs. And, um, but my email list was my patients, which isn't the right audience to go marketing to your patients. That's not cool. And I was told, start a podcast and start doing summits. So I now have a weekly podcast and a weekly live meditation. And uh, I I do summits twice a year. And that's how we met, because I'm always looking for speakers. (laughs) Absolutely. No, it was uh, a great pleasure to to speak with you that day. Um, you just said something that was interesting to me. You said, I got told to do a podcast and summits. Was that from the universe or was that from, where did it come from? Well, I'm a shamanic practitioner and I'm not very good at names. I don't remember names. I remember faces. I just don't remember people's names, names of things. And I had to start a business because people were coming to my house for a healing and they just started handing me money. Strangers were showing up and I, thought, I need to open an office because I want strangers in my house. And if they're going to give me money, then I can have an office. So I did a shamanic journey and I won't go into all the details of the long journey, but um, I, I met a new, we, we have spirit teachers and power animals. And I met I followed my power animal, one of them, the main one is obviously the bear. (laughs) And I was running after this bear through the woods and uh, came to a knoll. And there was this Native American guy and his name was um, Running Bear, interestingly enough. (laughs) And he told me to use the name Dancing Bear. And uh, later I had a, a... very wonderful, beautiful Indian friend, not Native American Indian, but Indian Indian, East Indian. And she did uh, a meditation and dancing Ganesha came to her. And uh, so, yeah, somehow the dancing aspect is part of my energy, I guess. (laughs) So I'm dancing bear is my spirit name. Beautiful. Um, For any of the listeners that haven't perhaps heard the language before, understand the terminology, what is a shamanic journey? Aha. Well, 
you can think of it as a type of meditation, but it's structured. So you go through special training and initiations to learn how to do it. And basically anyone can do it with practice and proper training. Um, I studied with uh, Dr. Harner. I did his three-year shamanic training program. I studied with him and Sandra Ingerman at Esalen for a couple of weeks. I studied, I spent a week with Tuvan shamans. I studied Celtic shamanism with uh, Tom Cohen. And um, that was all back in the 90s. So I've been doing this for a long time and it becomes a way of life. It's part of your energy, part of what you do. And um, so whenever I'm stuck, I meditate on a regular basis, which you go into the same state when you do a shamanic journey or a meditation, but a, a shamanic journey is more like, it's more like a guided meditation where you set an intention before the journey and you go to your power animals. Now, some people will go up, you can go up to your spirit teachers, or you can go down to the power animals. I have what I call a power circle. So I always go down and I say, who wants to help me? Because I already set the intention. So I go down to the power circle, ask who wants to help me? If the eagle comes forward, I know he's going to fly me up. <laughs> if if a bear or one of the other animals come forward, then I know I'm going to go down. And um, <clears throat> when you go down, usually I'm I'm working for someone else. I'm journeying to help them with a healing or a soul retrieval or whatever. When I go up, it's usually I'm going to get a teaching of some kind. I go to one of my teachers and they're going to teach me something, show me something, test me. You get tested a lot. If you don't pass the test, you don't advance. <laughs> oh, you do get tested a lot. Uh, and they're not the kind of tests you take at school. <laughs> they're tests where you're going to have to do something that's outside of your comfort zone. <laughs> um so that's a journey yeah it's it's really interesting um i've done before uh what do they call it the uh find your animal um our animal yeah Totem, an Totem animals sometimes they're called yeah no your animal um not sign your animal Anyway, a guided meditation to find your, that's it, your animal spirit. I'm out of my mind. Yeah, that's a power animal. Yeah, Power animal, power. Yeah. yeah. So mine was a snow leopard. That makes sense. I, I, I was supposed to write a book. I never got around to it, but there's different kinds of power animals. So there's one animal type that I call your genetic power animal. And when you look at someone, you can almost see the animal there. Like if you look at me, I have very narrow drooping shoulders, tiny ears. And what is my power animal? The bear. What do they have? Narrow shoulders, droopy, little tiny ears, etc. So you can almost see the animal when you look at someone. And when I look at my mother, she was an, a bear and my father was eagle. And isn't that interesting? The first two power animals I got were the bear and the eagle. So you will know who they are. And I've never, ever retrieved a power animal where the person didn't say, oh, my God, yes, I love that animal. <laughs> they already know who it is that's their main animal. 
And more will come to you in your life if you need help. Like I've had help once I needed some protection. All of a sudden, a new animal showed up and said, do this, and that will be your protection. So you will have animals show up for different purposes in your life. Um, but like I said, when I'm doing healing, it's almost always the bear. Although one time I was doing a, a, a healing for someone. And instead of, you know, my bear is kind of like a grizzly bear, the big, huge brown type. And um, one day, um, a polar bear showed up. Well, a polar bear is technically a type of grizzly bear. They just are white because they live in the north. And um, this person actually did not want me, because when you do a journey, you know, you see this person, who they are, all about them and their details. And I could sense he didn't want me to see what had happened to him. He had had some trauma and he didn't want me to know. And the polar bear showed up and I said, what am I going to do? And he said, I'm going to give you the soul, but I'm not going to tell you how I got it, where it came from. It's just going to be a healing for him. And when I came back, I said, I told him what happened. And he was so relieved. He said, oh, good. He really didn't want anyone to know. <laughs> so you just don't know what's going to happen. But they know that the spirit world you know, whether that's an aspect of you or if it's real or to me it's real, but, you know, is anything real? Um, they know what to do and they know what to say to the client. They know what the client needs. And it's, I've, I've done a lot of readings. I used to do tarot readings. I stopped because people want me to give them their answers. And the advantage of this over tarot readings is you get very specific details and you see them, you know, the saying of pictures with a thousand words. You see it, you feel it, you experience it. And if in some cases, part of their soul was taken because of a trauma and you know who took it, sometimes you have to help the person that took it to heal in order to get the soul part back. And then you can go back and um, like one time I did a journey for someone and I actually saw the house that they lived in, the furniture and everything. And I went back and described it. And she says, oh, I know where that was. I know what, <laughs> and they, you know exactly what you're talking about because you saw this event in the past. Um, another time <laughs> I was really worried about telling this person about the power animal. And I, I didn't want to tell him. And I was with a group of other shamans and we were doing exchanges. And his wife was there and she said, and I knew her very well. She went through training with me and she's just telling him what the animal was. I said, like, okay, well, it was a snake. It was a cobra. I don't know what kind, but it had a big hood and it had this red stuff that kind of, and I drew a picture of what the red stuff looked like. Well, it turns out it was a, a biologist that specialized in cobras. And that's when I learned trust whatever you get. <laughs> and if it's a snake, it's a snake. <laughs> You know, he was so happy that that was his power animal. And from then on, I just trusted that whatever I got, it was for that person. And um, I didn't need to worry or be concerned that, oh, my gosh, it was a it was a snake or it was a whatever. And it it can be a, you know, a, a Pegasus or even a Pegacorn don't exist. Right. Um, Pegasus may exist. <laughs> 
I'll let you think about that one. <laughs> it can be a plant. Like one of my power animals is actually a tree. And in my training, one of um, my co-students uh, had a plant. I think it was a, I think it was ivy or something like that. It was one of his uh, totems. Um, so they're not necessarily an animal, even though we call them power animals. Um, Interesting. So I didn't know that. Yeah. So you learn something every day. I, I tell you what else is I, I look in the mirror and I must be looking in the wrong mirror because I don't feel like I look like a snow leopard, but maybe, maybe. Well, I'll tell you something. Um, when you said snow leopard, why it resonated with me. Um, you know, I'm going to change my view to gallery so I can see you all the time because I was looking at myself all the time. Um, uh, one of the things that I've gotten really interested in is looking at people's noses. And some people's nose, you know, it comes up about to the inner canthus and some between the inner canthus and the edge of the eyebrow. And some people go all the way up to the eyebrow and yours goes between the inner canthus and the eyebrow. You notice that? It's not quite all the way up to the eyebrow, but it's a little bit lower, but yeah. it's not as low as the inner canthus which means you are an animal that has a snout that comes out like this with eyes on top. Whereas people who were birds, their beak comes right out of here. And so their nose will go all the way up to here. And um, uh, some people, you can just look at their nose and you can see that they were a raptor, that the raptor is their animal. I'm trying to remember the name of this famous actor. You just look, every time I see him, I see a raptor, a bird raptor, not a dinosaur. Um, what's his name? He's married to Demi Moore. He used to be, what's his name? Tom Cruise? No, Tom Cruise. <laughs> um, oh, what's his name? Demi I can't remember his name. I told you I was bad with names. <laughs> um, here. Thank God for Bruce for Willis. Google, right? Bruce Willis. Thank you. And you look at his nose, it comes down and has a little crook. It's like the, the beak of a raptor. Um, so sometimes when you look at people, you can just see the animal right there. Um, you can see if it's an elephant. Um, now, some animals are extinct, so it's difficult to tell. Uh, some some people may have um, uh, whale or dolphin energy, so you really have to to journey and ask what it is. But I've just noticed lately that I can look at someone's nose and I can almost feel the type of animal. Like I knew you had to be that type of an animal. You know, a wolf. A lot of people have wolf energy. Wolf mm -hmm. and bear are two of the most common energies. Um, and then eagle and then depends on how old your soul is I guess I don't know I haven't done a journey to ask that question I should probably do that <laughs> these are all such fascinating questions um I think moving on from the shamanic journey um obviously you do your uh, summits and you do your podcast and you do your meditations you do healing. Um, 
you uh, and, and do you have any private clients that you 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 coach or mentor? I do. That's uh, Dancing Bear Healing Center. Mm-hmm. So uh, I I've gone online with my healings. So you can do a shamanic healing, which I've described. You can do an energy healing. I primarily use. Um, in 2020, I, I did a meditation and I said, you know, I, I have a lot of different energies. The first mystery school I went to was all about different energies and different kinds of meditations. And so I had a lot of different meditations in the programs I taught. And I went, humanity's energy has changed. The energy is shifting. Everything is different. All those old energies, including Reiki, they're obsolete. The vibration is wrong. I need a new energy system. And so instantly I got it and it's called Divine Source Light. I created a webpage, divinesourcelight.com. And in my podcast, I show people how to use it. There's actually a medical Qigong process you can go through that will give you a complete clearing when you use the energy. You don't need an empowerment for it, but if you want one, there's another podcast I did where I gave out the empowerment. So if you feel you need an empowerment, you can watch that podcast. Otherwise, you just ask for it and you'll get it. It's um, the connection between humanity and divine source is now very, very strong. And um, uh, in the program that I teach, I go through how to use it for everything, including chakra balancing. And I use it frequently in some of my live meditations just to add in that dimension of healing during the meditation. And then the other thing I do is because I can't do needling through the internet, (laughs) I do essential oils and bought flower essences. And I show people, Oh, get, put it on a piece of cotton and rub it on this acupuncture point and just use acupressure on a point with the essential oils. So that's the three types, primary types of modalities I offer online. And then in my programs, I'm mostly teaching coaches who want to add this kind of structure to their programs. Um, but I'll let anybody into the class that wants to learn how to do this to help their family or their friends or whatever. Beautiful. When do you go live with your meditations every week? It's Thursdays at um, 5 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. I'm in Arizona. We do not have daylight savings. So it's difficult to figure out when it's live um in the summer when everyone's on daylight savings it's the same as pacific time which okay. is a little easier so the rest of the year it's one year one hour later than pacific time and if you're uh not in the western hemisphere it's minus seven ute um is where i'm at i i don't think even google calendar can work out the time zones because you and i have had a little bit of toing and froing recently but anyway um, the time straight just but before... it's, it's 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 available later because i put it on simplecast and apple and everywhere so you don't have to watch it live you can watch it later okay is it more powerful to watch it live well yes and no It depends on your intention, right? because space and time is fluid. And if you really understand that internally and you don't say, oh, well, maybe it is, maybe you have to believe it. If you believe it, then you just say, I want to connect to the energy at the time it was live. Mm -hmm. And then you will be with anyone else who did the same thing as well as was live. So, um, I do that frequently. People will say, oh, we're going to do this 
global meditation for peace every four hours. Well, I'm not going to stay up all night, but I can tune in and join that energy when it's convenient for me. So um, we, we can always do that. So interesting. Uh, just before we started this recording, you said something that was really interesting. You said, always trust your intuition. Yeah. Um, and I think given obviously your work and your skills and everything, you're very attuned to your intuition. But I'm sure that there's some, if not quite a few listeners out there, that their intuition or their, their guidance radar isn't quite pinpoint. How can somebody improve upon the quality of their intuition? Well, I'll tell you something, guys. I like to study people because everybody's the same and everybody's different. And I'm one of those people that's really different. <laughs> and in fact, less than 1% of the population is like me. That's how different I am. And I've known it all my life that I didn't fit in. Um, there's a thing called human design. And I'm not a human design specialist. I don't do human design readings. But if you find out what your type of human design is, it will help you. So I'm a splenic projector who is a 2-5. And there's about 20% of the population is, is a projector. And there's five projector types. So I'm the spl spl splenic type. Most are the emotional projectors. Emotional projectors, and you could be a, a there's generators and you could be a generator emotional generator and about 70 percent of the population are generators well the emotional people's intuition does not come immediate hmm. whereas a splenic person their intuition is instant they know immediately i know and if i don't listen immediately if i'm not paying attention I will miss the message. And if I sit there and think about it and try to figure it out, I'll get the wrong answer. That's when it doesn't work for me. So I have to stay centered and grounded to always know, oh, this is right. This is not right. It's like I knew, even though I thought we were to talk one hour later, something said, go read your email. And I did. And boom, it said, here, use this link now. <laughs> I did. That's because I was paying attention. If I hadn't been paying attention, we would have missed connect by an hour. Whereas an emotional, whether they're a generator, a projector, or whatever, if they make an instant decision, it's probably wrong. They have to wait. And it might be an hour, it might be a day, it might be a week. I have a friend that's an emotional projector. It can take her a month or more to make a decision. And I just know that's who she is. And I just don't worry about it. She'll make a decision when she's ready to make a decision. And I, I don't push for it. So if you're, if you're working with people, you have to understand that about them. That some people, when you say, this is what I'd like to do, they will know immediately, yes, that's right for me. And other people, you just have to say, do you want to think about it? Yeah. Okay, get back to me when you're ready. And just give them space. So that's why working with people, it's important to understand the differences. For me, human design really opened up because it's based on numerology, astrology, um, the I Ching and the Kabbalah, all things that I've studied. But it brings them all together in one place and simplifies it. And um, so you can study all those different things. And trust me, astrology will take you a minimum of 10 years to be poor at it. <laughs> complicated 
Whereas human design, you can learn very quickly. It's kind of endless uh, astrology because we really don't know as humans the, the length, the depth of the universe, let alone the galaxy, you know, like it's pretty much infinite. And there's so many different types. You know, do you follow Western, which is solar bases, or do you follow uh, Vedic or, or sidereal, which is constellation based, and it's slightly different and everything has different meanings. And what was challenging for me when I first started learning is it was memorizing all the symbols and what they mean, because they're kind of weird looking, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, astrology, in terms of like, you know, uh Sagittarius or Leo or 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 not is that is there a real connection there well I found I found that there is but for a long time I felt there was something hidden in my chart and things just didn't add up and it took me 20 years to figure it out and a lot of readings from a lot of different people. And it was accidentally stumbling across another website that did things different that I found the answer. Um, but in Western or, or uh, what's the other name? Tropical astrology, I'm a Capricorn with a Cancer rising. Well, Cancer rising, I don't resonate with. Capricorn, I do resonate with. But there's something different about it. It wasn't quite right. And uh, in Vedic or um, uh, sidereal astrology, or sometimes they call it Babylonian astrology, I'm actually a Sagittarius. But when I read about Sages, that didn't resonate at all. But then I found out if you study sidereal astrology, the definition of Sagittarius is different than it is in uh, tropical astrology and so when i kind of take a little sag and a little cappy and i put them together aha now you found me and then when i look at my sidereal rising sign is gemini and that makes a lot more sense than the cancer did but what i found in my chart was i have what's known as a yod or a finger of god and it actually points to mars which is conjunct my sun and everyone says oh when you have your uh saturn return it's really horrible my saturn return has never been a big deal it's when saturn goes across my yod that my life is in upheaval and it crossed my yod in 2020 which was when i had i broke my leg i had a storm and ruined my house that destroyed the patio um, you know, it was craziness. I had to sell my house to pay off all the construction bills and my medical bills. <laughs> and I had to shut down my business. And I mean, it was craziness. And that's when Saturn conjunct Pluto passes over my yod, which is the finger of God. And um, but I have Saturn in the first house and it's conjunct Pluto in the second house. How lucky can you get? to have that. I mean if you know anything about astrology you go oh my god so yeah Saturn return for me is no big deal when I've been through that finger of God yod three times in my life and every time 
that happens. My life is unbelievable. This is why I've had five near-death experiences. I've had so many close calls. I've had to run for my life three times and twice it involved guns until I learned to manifest the life I want. I learned how to deal with things so that whatever happens, when I fell and broke my leg, what happened after I got through screaming because it was painful? Yeah, <laughs> I just rolled over on my back and I laughed and I said, thank you, God, because I knew that everything that was supposed to happen was going to happen. And look what happened. I ended up in Cottonwood. I love it here. It's beautiful. I have a view of the Red Mountains. I started this online business. I mean, I knew in that moment my life would change dramatically and it would be wonderful. So, you know, after a while, you just go with the flow. I love it. I love it. You've just taken us from a really interesting subject, astrology, to manifestation, which is, for me, even more interesting. Um, what is manifestation and how can an everyday soul achieve it? Well, the first thing you have to do is stop looking outside of yourself. Everybody says, oh, this happened to me. No, it didn't happen to you. The other thing that happens is people think that they're the center of the universe. Well, actually, you're not. You are the universe. And every soul in it is a part of that universe. So we're all manifesting together at the same time. And yet we're all the same divine creator. That spark is within all of us. So you have to be able to say, okay, I'm the divine spark and I'm part of the whole. But what I'm creating comes from here in here it comes from uh, you can't see huh it comes from in here it comes from within you and so whatever your vibration is that's what you're going to attract now if i'd laid on the floor and said oh my god i broke my foot call 911 or my leg it was actually at the ankle uh call 911 rush me to the hospital and this is i'm a victim and look how horrible and my roof leaked and my patio oh this all this happened to me instead i just said oh it's telling me it's time to change it's time to move i went within and i said well this is what i want to do and and i want to go to cottonwood and i need a house and I'll, i moved to cottonwood i found the perfect house <laughs> it was within my budget <laughs> Nothing on in this neighborhood opened up for uh, two years. So if I hadn't moved when I did, I wouldn't have been here. So um, that's what it means to not look outside of yourself, but to look within. What do you want? Okay, I had a tragedy. What do I want? Well, I want to heal. Well, the doctors were shocked. They says, well, you're going to be in a wheelchair until, you know, November. And this is going to happen because this happened in March, the week before the shutdown. <laughs> and in June, they took the cast off and they were supposed to put a walking cast on. And he says, I don't understand this. You're completely healed. Well, if I don't know how to heal myself, I'm not a very good healer. They were shocked. Um, so then I had to go to physical therapy to learn how to walk again, get out of the wheelchair. Um, but... Um, I never accepted that it happened to me. I accepted it happened for me because at a soul level, I needed that change. And I had been asking for a change. I had been asking for a change for three months, December, January, February. 
So the first week of March, this happened. And I realized that's why I said, thank you, God. I had asked for a change and, and okay, I got it the hard way. But like I said, I had Saturn and Pluto conjunct my yod and my chart. I don't know if you know what a yod looks like. Um, oh, where's my chart? I don't know if you can see it. See, this oh, okay. is a yod. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is the North Node. This is Saturn. <laughs> and that's Mars conjunct my sun in the sixth house. Okay. And so that's called a finger of God. And uh, when, when the planet that's involved with it, in my case, it's Saturn, crosses over it, it can be either really a cool thing or it can be massive <laughs> changes. <laughs> And in my case, it's massive changes. And I guess I came here to clear up some old karma and stuff. And so that's why it does it. It, it makes for good stories to tell. How, um, how can you see in people the changes that they need to make? Well, the first thing you have to do is ask them what they want. Because people are not going to change anything they don't want to change. Mm -hmm. it, you know, um, I, I had a, a, a patient once that um, one of my specialties is neuropathy and his feet were blue and my father lost both his feet to gangrene. And this guy was going to lose both his feet very, very soon. They were about to go gangrene and he was diabetic and I couldn't get him to eat greens. And, you know, if Western medicine doesn't tell you that diabetes is reversible because they want you on insulin, which destroys the pancreas. Um, so they don't tell you how to heal it. And the way you heal it is you start eating green vegetables and stop eating sugar. <laughs> it's that simple. And I couldn't get him to change. Mm -hmm. So that's an example of if someone comes to you and I, I can look at someone and I say, okay, here's your problems. I can just see them instantly. It's a splenic projector we're all like that we can just look at someone and say okay this is what's going on but you learn to keep your mouth shut because when you tell people it just makes them p-i-s-s-e-s -S -S. <laughs> it just makes them really angry you know because you tell the truth and it just makes them mad because they don't want to hear it let's so, um let's do yeah. a real live example pardon let's do a real live example um you don't feel comfortable doing that. Okay, no problem. You mean you want me to do you? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I was trying to think of a, an example in the past. I thought, I just gave him an example. I'm comfortable. I love being vulnerable for the audience. So no worries. Word fear keeps coming up. So there's something within your energy that uh, blocks you sometimes when you want to move forward. Um. And what I'm getting is um, it isn't real and you can let it go. It's an old childhood thing that you don't need anymore. Does that make sense? Uh, I mean, to uh, yeah, a little bit. I'm still investigating. <laughs> I would do a meditation and ask that it, well, number one, you can just ask it to be removed. You don't even need to know what it is. 
people don't realize they can heal things without even knowing the cause. You don't have to relive it just by your intention. And if that doesn't work, you can ask to be shown. Because a lot of times we have things happen to us as children that we can't process. So it creates something that we store in our body. And as an adult, it doesn't make any sense. It's like when I look at that, oh, that's not fearful. No, but it's an old childhood trauma. And as a child, you don't see it like an adult. So one of the things we do in hypnosis and, and uh, timeline therapy is we'll go back and reprocess it as an adult. And then you can let it go. And if that doesn't work, then I ask, give me a dream. Give me, give me a healing dream where I see it at night. Because a lot of people will remember their dreams better than they can do something in meditation. So sometimes when it's really complex and you just really don't want to face it, then doing it in a dream makes it a little easier. Um, otherwise, you need kind of a coach. Um, let me see if anything else comes up. No, that's the only thing that's coming up right now. Cool. Well, unfortunately, we don't have time to go much deeper into this subject. The, the, the show's coming to an end today, but it's... Maybe we'll have a chat about that offline. I'm going to do some work. Yeah, on we that. can do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you for for sharing everything and your wisdom and your heart and your knowledge. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. If anyone wants to reach out to you, how can they do that? Uh, well, there's many ways. Probably the simplest way, since you can either do drbeverlylawrence.com or you can go dancingbearenlightenmentacademy.com or dancingbearhealingcenter.com. Or I have a free gift, dancingbeargift.com. <laughs> I love it. So simple. And you can't go wrong, guys, if you're searching for Dr. Beverly Lawrence, I promise you. Uh, last question today. What does stay outstanding mean to you? Stay outstanding? Um, well, number one, it would mean... Uh, you are outstanding and don't allow yourself to be brought down by anything. Um, it, and that's a choice to allow yourself to be brought down because you're already outstanding. Mm -hmm. And once people understand that, they'll no longer have that, what do they call it? The imposter syndrome and am I good enough? And uh, their self-worth issues, all of that just goes away once you understand you're outstanding. Amazing. Thank you for sharing. And thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. And remember to be the light you want to see in the world. I love that. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed the content and got any value, please do like it, rate it, follow, subscribe, and leave a comment. You'll find us across all the social media channels, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. All the links are in the show notes. It's been my privilege to host you today. I'm Gavin Scott. Until next time, stay outstanding. <laughs>